Welcome to the podcast. I'm Thomas J. Sotvet. And I'm your co-host, Vicky Sotvet. And since this is not a dream, and it is in fact real life, that must make this Scaredy Cats. So, Vicky, have you ever heard of the Megascolitis Australis? No, but it sounds, if I get my Latin correct, the large unknown worm? Yeah, that's really, really close, actually. Uh, it's a, I, well, I don't know the exact Latin translation, I just know the Latin word. And I don't really know the Latin word, I wrote it down and did my best to phonetically spell it out. You did good. I figured Thank out, you. if it's in fact a large worm thing, I it figured is, it, it out. It is a large worm thing. Uh, it's a giant earthworm that lives in a place that has lots of other fun and exciting wildlife. Can Australia? You, yeah, there you go, bingo. Uh, they're commonly about a meter long, but can grow about as big as three meters that is a very large earthworm. Very large earthworm, uh, which, although although they are large, uh, they are small potatoes compared to the big boys that we've got. Uh, looking forward to be looking at t- in today's episode, uh, we're watching Tremors, for those of you out there, or as I like, or as I like to call it, uh, Giant Worms v. Bacon. Because Kevin Bacon's in it. Because Kevin Bacon's in it, obviously. So, Vicky... What is your favorite giant worm? My favorite giant worm is the one from Dune that you get to like ride on with your sand hooks and you have to steer it and that's how you become a man. I really like Dune. You were really ready for that question. <laughs> uh, I, I think my favorite worm is probably the one that pops out of the asteroid and tries to eat the Millennium Falcon. Also a good worm. Although that's got no name, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure it does. The Star Wars asteroid worm. We're going to get some emails telling us the exact name and, like, birth date of this worm. Yeah, next time i got to make sure to do my research on the Wikipedia, <laughs> which I believe is the official Star Wars Wikipedia. Anyways, uh, why don't we start by asking Vicky what Vicky knows about the movie. What do you know about Tremors, besides Kevin Bacon's in it and that there are giant worms? I think it's in Texas. Maybe you're you're looking confused, so maybe it's not in Texas. I'm not sure exactly where it is. It's in some desert place. Okay, is it in the United States? It's at definitely least? in the United. It, nice. No, it, it's definitely not like an Arabian Karakum desert or like Rubicali desert. No. Okay, uh, that's it. That's all I know. Is it's Kevin Bacon giant worms, and it's somewhere in the states. All right. Well, uh, it's, so it's a it's it's a film, but giant worms, as you pointed out, uh, directed by Ron Underwood, who also directed the uh, Adventures of Pluto Nash. Which, what an interesting filmography! Uh, yeah, he earned a Razzie for that one. Uh, currently, Pluto Nash sits at four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Tremors did a lot better. Uh, people like Tremors. People do not like the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Well, it's the char- charismatic energy that Kevin Bacon exudes. Well, you know, the Adventures of Pluto Nash had uh, Eddie Murphy in it. It's so. not the same kind of suave, effortless charisma, no, though. No, no, it's not. Um, so yeah, Kevin Bacon is in it. Uh, it was written by S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock. Uh, Brent Maddock went on to write Tremors 1 through 4, and there's a TV show, I guess, as well. There's a t- They made Tremors into a TV show? They made show? Tremors into a TV show. It's on sci-fi. I have never, ever seen an episode. I, I didn't even know that there were four. I, I knew there were four of them, actually. I've seen all four. But apparently there's also a fifth fifth one. We're probably not going to be covering that unless we run out of movies. How many ways can giant worms eat people? I assume oh, the giant worms they are don't, eating they, people. They, yeah, they don't stay giant worms for long. This series kind of goes off the rails a little bit, in my opinion. 
Uh, you'll see. You'll see. First, the first, the first film is all about the worms, though. So okay. that's that's what's important. Okay. Um, starring Kevin Norwood Bacon. Is there a reason we threw his last name? Are we just feeling a little saucy today? Well, no, like, I just thought that was an awesome middle name, and uh, I had no, I don't know, for some reason, I thought Kevin Bacon was the type of person to not have a middle name. Because everyone calls him Kevin Bacon. Because it's just Kevin Bacon. But Kevin Norwood Bacon, Norwood's an awesome name. Gotcha. Um, he's also in Friday the 13th Part 1, which I remembered, uh, Kevin Bacon, in 1980. He was in that. To be fair, Kevin Bacon is in everything from, like, 1980. Yeah, for a while. He was in Footloose in 1984, as you all know. Uh, and then he was in Tremors the same year as when he was in Flatliners, which is another movie that we'll be covering eventually about med students trying to die and then be brought back to life to try and see into the afterlife and shenanigans ensue. If you pay close attention when we get to the Flatliners episode, Tom will ask me what I know about it, and I'm just going to quote that sentence verbatim because I've never heard of this film before. Shenanigans ensue. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Fred Ward playing Earl Bassett, who is Kevin Bacon's, I don't want to say like his Watson. He's more like a uh, equal partner to Kevin Bacon in this movie. He does not ride shotgun. He's not second fiddle. But I can't think of who to compare him to. I don't know. What's the Vin Diesel movie that just came out? The Fast and Furious. Oh, I don't know. Hobbs and Shaw. Is he the is he the Hobbs to his Shaw? Well, I don't know. I've never. I've seen the first Fast and Furious film when they were stealing like VCRs. <laughs> Man, that series really ramped up, didn't it? <laughs> is he the uh, no, is he the Matt Damon to the George Clooney in in the Ocean series? Uh, also, a series I'm not super familiar with. Man, babe, uh, you're killing me. I know, I'm sorry, you're killing I'm me. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not really into heist films, what can I say? Um, I love heist films. We've got uh, Finn Carter as uh, Rhonda Liebeck, who is the love interest, the bacon love interest, the eggs to his bacon uh, in this movie. And then we've got Michael Gross uh, as Burt Gummer. Burt Gummer is the main character for pretty much the rest of the series. Um, Kevin Bacon doesn't appear in the second one. Um, I think Fred Ward might. I think Earl returns. But uh, Bert is the main character, definitely, of the rest of the, the rest of the movies. Uh, he's also the dad in Family Ties, uh, and Ted Bosby's dad in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> uh, what a great, great acting, <laughs> good film, filmography. Uh, Tremors made a total has made a total of to date of sixteen point sixty seven million dollars at the box office, which is not a bad return for a creature feature. Directed by the same guy who directed The Adventures of Pluto and Ash. Um, a couple quick factoids, or now it's still factoids because they're called graboids. There's no good pun there. Um, uh, Michael Gross started filming Tremors the day after he finished Family Ties, which is a huge character switch because he's kind of a big, like, gun toting redneck in this one. So he went from being this, like, family man on a full house kind of situation, like a Stamos type, to of redneck with guns the day next day no, no, pretty special uh kevin bacon considered it to be a low point in his career at the time it actually used to have sleepwalking nightmares when he would pick up his then pregnant wife uh kira segwick and try to save her by running out of the house saying that there were worms coming to get them uh but yeah he hated it when he first uh, apparently he thought that his career was at an all-time low because he was making movies about giant worms but i mean i guess on on the one hand that's hilarious. <laughs> this movie disturbed him so much he felt the need to have nightmares about it. Like, sleep- he didn't feel the need to have nightmares. But on the other hand, that's really sweet that his sleepwalking response was always to rescue his wife from I, the giant worms. <laughs> I was watching an interview with his wife, and his wife was like, oh, yeah, I used to just, like, be papping him on the face and, like, 
Kevin, Kevin, wake up. It's not happening. As he was like lugging me down the hallway. Uh, 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 the premise of the movie actually came to S.S. Wilson while he was working on an army base. Uh, he was out on a hike one day and he was climbing on these boulders and thought to himself, what if something under the gra- was under the ground and I couldn't get off this rock? Uh, years later, Tremor was, was born. So that it still just sounds exactly like Dune to me, but yeah. in Texas. Well, I, no, it, it, it is not at all Dune. It is not at all Dune. Uh, but that's how we thought about it. So, you know, to all those people out there that think up ideas randomly, uh, you could be the next Tremors. And Kevin Bacon could be in your movie, maybe. Who's the modern equivalent of Kevin Bacon? One of the Chris's, probably. One of the Marvel Chris's, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. It'd probably be Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine is definitely your new Pine Kevin Bacon. Chris Pine does seem to be in everything. Not in everything. But he's, he's in, in a lot of. He's things. in a lot of stuff. And you're right. He's not as like goofy as the other three. I don't know. Is that mean? But like the other three seem to be in like well, like Marvel movies, like more lighthearted kind of uh, movies. Whereas I feel like Chris Pine takes some pretty. And that's not saying that they don't, the other guys don't take serious roles. And not saying that Marvel is not serious roles, but never mind, I've dug myself into a hole here. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the next like factoid. Give you a shovel? No, or? that's okay. Uh, the movie was originally supposed to be titled Land Shark. Uh, <laughs> but the SNL skit came out around the same time, so they had to change the name. The Land Shark SNL skit. Yeah. Which is a Jaws parody. <laughs> So, yeah, they get, so they had to change the name because uh, Landshark was taken by SNL before they could make Trevor's. I want you to know that just made me laugh so hard my nose has started bleeding. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Carry on. I'm Deli- fine. Delicious. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess uh, how, how spooky do you think this is going to be? How prepared you, are you feeling for... I'm feeling fairly confident about this one. Feeling pretty confident? Um, nosebleed aside. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gross. It's everywhere. It's not everywhere. Bleeding it's, everywhere. No, I'm not. No. Um, but I feel fairly confident, A, because I still feel in some part of my heart like it's just going to be like a slightly scary Dune, and I, like, I love the book Dune, and even the cheesy 80s movie I love. Um, when that remake comes out, I'm going to take you to the theater and we're going to go see Dune in its beautiful 2019 glory. Um, but also, I don't know, Kevin Bacon just does not seem like a scary thing to me. So I'm, I'm feeling confident Kevin going Bacon's into this. not the horror of... He's not the worm. <laughs> Kevin Bacon does not play the giant worms. <laughs> I'm aware, but you know, I'm just, I'm feeling confident, could, is all I'm saying. Could, imagine me for, if you will, for a moment... Uh, this big hole being dug and Kevin Bacon's head just being popped out of it and him trying to grab someone and pull them underground. <laughs> Get off me, Kevin Bacon. No. <laughs> His pregnant wife, maybe. <laughs> um, that's kind of all I got for uh, facts about Tremors. So unless you have anything else to say... Okay, well, before we uh, quit out of part one, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to our uh, sound editor, uh, my brother, Kyle Sotvet has been very nice in his uh, sound editing these episodes. Um, yeah, he's a musician as well, so you can find his stuff at Ninja Kittens on YouTube and Ninja Kittens also on Spotify. So make sure to give him a listen if you like the uh, the dance dance party music. Yes, on the subject of shout-outs, also big shout-out to the artist who did our thumbnail, uh, Bitey the Villain, who you can find on Tumblr and Insta and Twitter. Yeah, Bitey. Who... Is super great to work with, and if you need art, definitely would recommend. 
Yeah. Great, great, great stuff. Just look at our thumbnail. See, it's beauty. That is bitey. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So I guess we're going to go off to some desert somewhere in the U.S., someplace. Full of worms. Full, well, not, it's not full, but there's a few. With a moderate amount of worms? There's a few of those wily little guys tunneling around. big guys. Wily big guys tunneling around. Uh, so we will be right back uh, once we conclude watching Tremors. Stay frosty. And we're back after spending a whole week on a rock and learning how to survive with nothing but our wits and our instincts. And some homemade bombs. And some homemade bombs that are made of the the right proportion of a few household chemicals. And BBs. There's a lot of BBs in there. A lot of BBs in those, in those bombs, yeah. Uh, so we just finished watching the first Tremors film uh, with Kevin Bacon and all those other good good guys in it um so i guess now we're gonna we're gonna tell you all about it so yeah so uh they start off waking up in the back of a truck and just two normal handymen and uh kevin bacon who plays val or valentine is really really bad at hammering brackets into the top of fence posts yeah do do they live in that truck is that where think, they live? I think they live in a trailer, but they were fixing a fence, like, overnight. Okay, yeah. I was wondering that. I was like, man, they're not in the best of, like, lives, right? But then again, when they try to leave the town later, they're just they're just driving in the truck. But they pack all their stuff out of the trailer into the truck. Oh, so they're just leaving the trailer. Maybe it's a shitty trailer. It doesn't have wheels. That's also brought up later. Oh, uh, well, no, because that's different than what they're pulling. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll no. get there when no, we get there. there. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon is bad at hammering in. He hits that nail like twenty times. No, he hits either side of the nail like, like twenty times, and then he hits it. Yeah, it's like he's trying not to hit the nail. It was really frustrating, and it totally broke my immersion. And the rest of the movie was awful because of it. Wow, that's a that's a harsh I'm just, criticism I'm, of I'm, Kevin Bacon's I'm, skills. I'm just kidding, Kevin Bacon. If you're listening to this, you did a good job, buddy. You sure hammered that nail um so yeah uh it actually opens with kevin bacon peeing off a cliff and then scratching his butt which i'm sure is like a jarring way to introduce kevin bacon (laughs) for all the people that know him on other from other roles it's probably not what you're expecting but it does establish that Val is a surly Western sort of fellow. And he is surly uh him and earl are both surly fellows so anyway uh but even before the fence, they do rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to make the breakfast because they disagree on who made the breakfast last time. And Valentine loses, uh, which is a theme throughout this entire movie. Valentine always loses the rock, paper, scissors. Uh, so Valentine makes breakfast and then fails to hammer in the fence post. So yeah, they're handymen. And then they're, they're going and doing odd jobs. And we won't bore you with the play-by-play dissection of the first 20 minutes, because it's mostly them doing odd jobs and drinking a beer. Drinking a beer and, and Valentine... odd jobs. Yeah, and Valentine gets so horny at the possibility of there being another lady in the general vicinity that he drives very dangerously and, like, pulls off the side of the road as if to, like, avoid a bear or something like that, and then starts counting down his list of qualities that he wants this this new, like, university student that's been sent out to replace, I guess, another guy. Yes, she's got to be... Blonde and have great breasts and legs that go all the way. I've never understood that. Brown eyes. Legs that go all the way. 
Well, you Where can't do have they legs s- that only go part way. That's what I mean. Like, isn't that every human being that has legs that go... No, no. No, no. Some people have legs that go all the way. Well, what does that mean? It I, means they go all the way. I can't like, explain it to you anymore Like, to than the that. bottom of their neck? Like, <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Rhonda is not blonde. No, she's she's got the telltale, like, beach nerd... Like, sunblock only on her nose, which I've never seen any human being actually do Maybe outside of movies. it was common in the 70s, I don't know. I don't know if that was a thing you had to do with sunblock, but mm-hmm. sunblock, as far as I've known sunblock, you rub it in until it, it's gone. And well, no, the old zinc sunblocks, you couldn't rub in. Couldn't rub in? Yeah. But then, so you would just protect your nose? Because it's always just the nose. Pretty much. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, um... But they go back to town, and Val is disappointed. Well, first they learn, when they talk to Rhonda, they learn that she's a seismologist who is here to measure earthquakes and, like, seismic activity in the sand. And she's been getting weird readings, and that's our first tease of what's going to happen. So anyways, yeah, they go into town. Yep, and they decide they're going to leave town. They're going to go for better things. Yeah, after a bunch of, like, septic garbage gets sprayed in their face... When they're trying to clear out a septic tank and it breaks and it sprays all over them and they're like, that's it. We're leaving. Hey, so they, they pick up all their things and they're driving into town and then they uh, come across an electrical tower and they're like, hey, there's Edward. Was his name Edward? Uh, before, Sorry, before that, um, Rhonda's out doing the thing and the graboid, the, the worm, the main antagonists of this film uh, starts to creep up on her in a shot that's just the camera being led across the ground and Rhonda ends up getting into her car at the very last second just as it tries to grab her and she's able to escape but she doesn't even know that she was in any kind of danger Um, and then yeah they come across the guy yes and he's up in the tower and they're like he's drunk old Fred old Fred Fred. yeah it is no Fred is the sheep herder right no right it's it's Edward I think Edward I don't know. Anyways, it's a guy. Up he's in dead. He's dead. Point. He's dead, Ned. And he's they bring dead. him back to town, and the doctor really efficiently is like, he died of dehydration, which is a fantastic thing to be able to diagnose just by looking at, like, a sun-baked corpse. Yeah, he had a stethoscope. <laughs> I don't know. Let me listen to this not-beating heart. Oh, there's, there's... Asphyxiation. There sure like, is no water in there. Yeah. There's our cat. Um... Sure, so yeah, it pronounces him dead of dehydration. So he died of exposure. He wasn't drunk and died of a heart attack. He climbed up that tower and stayed in that tower for days. Three days, three days approximately. And everybody's real confused because they're like, well, why would he go and do something so strange like that? And nobody knows. And then next we uh, we go to, I think now is when we go to old Fred, who's... It's sheep farmer. Sheep farmer, yeah, on the outside of town. It's night time no it's still the daytime daytime. and uh his sheep start freaking out and he's like that's weird meanwhile the sheep are like it's a really good sheep impression thank you it's really really good thank you you're welcome um and then we cut away yeah and we're like hmm gee i wonder what happened to all those sheep well no well we don't cut away he he's like what's going on and then a bunch of sand gets thrown up and he gets dragged down and you don't see what did it so we, we do know he got god in that scene, we do see that. Um, then we cut away, yeah. And um, Valentine and Earl show up at his place looking for him. Yes. Why are they looking for him? You know, oh no, I, it's, isn't it because they're, they're driving down the road and they see all the dead sheep? Oh, right. And they're like, well, that's not normal. And they're looking around for him, can't find him. And then there's this hole in his yard and there's a hat on the hole. 
and the only time in the movie that seemed to like noticeably scare you was he pulls the hat off of the hole and there's a severed head underneath and it makes this like wink wink noise. Listen, I was not expecting a severed head. The thing I found really funny about these opening kills, the first couple people to die, is the Graboids like dismember them. And no, because I think it's just eating and then like the head is the last bit to go in so it just has finished its mouthful by that point. It's just like, no, oh, that's enough for me. <laughs> Leave the head there. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a giant worm. It just bites down and then it's like lunch and then it goes on its way. I don't know. The head's the best part. Maybe if you're a zombie going for the brains. Or a giant worm. Because, I mean, everybody else in the movie gets eaten whole. They get swallowed whole. There's, like, no chewing or anything like that. It's just, like, gulp. So, I don't know. I found it a little weird that, like, these giant worms go from, like, being able to perfectly decapitate a guy and leave only his head to just, like, eating everybody, like, whole. That was strange to me. Anyway. Although, they're like, huh, and they... And so they're they're gonna go drive to get some cops. Um, uh, they do. Yeah, no, you're right. They they they're on the road and they go for for help. Sorry, I thought that they had gone back to town, but I didn't do that yet. Right. Uh, and there's some construction guys. They're like, we're doing some stuff, and they're like, what stuff are you doing? Uh, and then they carry on, and then they have to go back to town. And when they go back, the construction guys aren't there. Because uh, they've also been eaten. And the road is now blocked, and they see, like, some bloody construction helmets. Yeah, I think at this point they assume it's, like, the work of a serial killer. Yes. Um, Going around killing sheep. But then the, the truck gets hung up, except it's not really hung up. It's like a, a worm is holding it. It's grabbed onto them. Yeah, yeah. But they don't know this at this point. But they get back to town, and they're like, Before- hey, are you aware there's a giant dead worm on your truck? <laughs> Before that, when they're driving, Earl is loading his revolver. And then very unsafely points it at Valentine while they're driving, just like casually, just like on his lap. But the barrel of the gun is pointed right at Kevin Bacon while they're on this bumpy road in his, this loaded gun. It was very unsafe. Unsafe enough that I wrote a big note in all caps that says Earl is unsafe with guns. And gun safety is not actually a very major factor in this movie, as we'll see. Anyways, yeah, this, they go back and there's the worm grabbed onto their truck. Yeah, and they're like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, and they, they, they end up pulling it off, and everybody's there, and Bert... And actually, one thing I must say that I think the film did really, really well, uh, I didn't... Like, I got a sense for how who everybody was in the town. There was no... Like, besides the first couple of kills, because you only get, like, you know, with the doctor with a few lines, and then, like, um, the construction worker a few lines, and the sheep herder guy had no lines. But, like, the people that actually live in the town, like, were all... They all seem like people to me instead of just like peons to be killed, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. You could really kind of get a sense for everybody. So everybody's there. They pull it off and uh, Earl and Valentine sell sell it to um, Chang. Chang. Uh, Melvin. Is, no, not Melvin. Melvin's the kid. It's, uh, yeah, it's Chang. Uh, Walter Chang. Yeah. Of the convenience store for $15. Yes. And then they're taking pictures with it. Yeah. And uh, that's all well and good. And then I was like, hmm, those worms are much smaller than I was expecting. And then immediately after I wrote that note, uh, it cuts to, like, this couple in the desert, and they're, like, building their house. And then there's, like, a noise, and the generator's gone, and they're like, hmm. And then the guy gets gat, and you're like, oh, no. And then the lady, like, climbs into her car, and you're like, oh, she's safe. And then it, like, 
eats the whole car, and I was like, oh, the worms are not as small as that first worm, I understand. No, and we got a really pretty cool shot of the, uh, it, it like pans out to the dark kind of desert, and we see the two headlights beaming off into the sky, and then the first one gets snuffed out, and it kind of starts tilting up into the sky, and then the second one gets snuffed out. So, like, I thought that was really, really clever because it would have probably been pretty expensive to actually drag a car underground. So the fact that they chose to represent it in that way instead I thought was much neater and a little bit more unsettling for me anyway. Yes. Very, very quiet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then they realize they have to go talk to the forensic lady. Seismologist. I don't know why I just called her a forensic lady. She's That's not the at all. Wrong You're making the exact entirely. same mistake that everybody in the movie makes because they all assume that she's an expert in everything, and she's like, "No, I'm just a seismologist." That's true. They keep asking her all these questions about the worms, and she's like, "Why? Why are you?" She's like, me? I, "I don't know this stuff." Um, yeah, and they're all in the bar, and they're talking about how there's more of them after because the next day, uh, Valentine and Earl go out to look for the doctor and find the car buried underground. Uh, still playing the radio from when it was originally dragged underground. Yes, and they're riding horses at this point. Yes, are they? I think no. They're 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 trucks still good to go. Oh, right. At this point, um, then they're just like, oh hell, and, and I don't know. I think maybe that's the part of the movie where they go and they find the dead construction workers. I don't I don't remember. I'm getting that kind of mixed up. And we just saw it, so I don't know. Um, but anyways, the point is, they realize. Some shit's going down, and some people are dying. And the roadway's out. They can't get out. Right. And um, I find it really satisfying, actually, that they get back to town, and they're like, the worms blocked the road, and everyone's like, yes, that is a reasonable thing to do. Like, not once in the movies anybody like, but this is impossible, even though we have this dead giant worm thing. Yeah. Which I find a lot of horror movies in my admittedly limited experience. Everyone's like, but that's impossible. Which is to... I mean, I guess, yeah, if you just saw this giant worm corpse, I think in most horror films, the claims are unfounded. So it makes more sense to be like, yeah, sure, whatever, Timothy, or whatever. Sure, but it was nice not to have a 20-minute discussion about whether or not the worms were real. It, it was, was just nice. like, the worms are real. It was nice. They get down to brass tacks, and they start, ta- they start talking in uh, Chang's convenience store, which is kind of in the middle of this town. And the town's called Perfection, and it's not even a town. It's like three houses... Two trailers and Chang's like population convenience 14. store. Population fourteen. Perfection. Population fourteen. It's got a big old water tower. All right, uh, but they're all in Chang's and they're talking about what they're going to do about these worms. Um, and I found it funny because uh, I don't remember what they were saying, but uh, Valentine at one point says, "You know, for all you know, uh, they could fly to Earl." Which I, that's I, about the horses. No, the worms. He's talking no, about. He's saying the horses aren't fast. Yeah, well, he's saying that like. All, but, but uh, yeah, the Earl is like, well, they can't catch up to us. And I think Valentine goes like, for all you know, they can fly. Oh, I thought he was talking about the horses. No, horses can fly. They're called pegasuses. I don't know. I thought maybe Earl was complaining about the quality of these fine, fine farm animals. He's like, man, these shoddy horses can't even fly. What sort of garbage horses are these? The kind of horses you take back to the horse store. Yeah, and demand your money back. Be like, these guys can't even levitate. They can't even float. I want, I want new horses filled with helium. Could you imagine, you imagine a, a horse, horse neighing? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, anyway, great. Uh, Anyways, I, horses. But I found this line funny that for all you know they could fly because, as we will find out when we watch the sequels, uh, it's some foreshadowing to to those. And whether or not it's foreshadowing or inspiration, like they were going back through the script and they were like, oh shit. What if they could fly? 
oh man, that would really flip. That would really flip this whole thing on its head. Um, Strange. Well, they, they they reference it twice in the movie. Now and at the end, like when Spoilers. it happened. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they talk about these worms flying an awful lot, and I find it too in my face to not be like ah ah ah. Is two an awful lot now? Two is an awful lot. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but that happens. Have you seen any giant worms lately? Yeah, the ones that were trying to kill us when we were up on those rocks, remember? No, I don't. I think you might be crazy. No, that happened. We were just talking about it happened. This is a recording. I can I can listen to it later. Um, <laughs> um, Anyways. Oh, um, I wrote twice in my notes that Melvin's the worst and everybody in town agrees. Melvin is the worst. Melvin's the worst because he is always like pretending like he's in danger even when it's very clear that there is actual danger he keeps on like boy who cried sheeping and it's boy who cried wolf wolf that's the one there were dead sheep in this movie there are no wolves i don't know i've seen more sheep today than i have wolves um but yeah melvin <laughs> melvin keeps on screaming and everybody goes and runs and he's like oh my god and he's just like ah y'all suck and i'm like oh man i want melvin to die so bad and yeah, he didn't. Um, but anyways, back to Valentine and Earl, who are on some horses. Yeah. And they're trotting along, and it's all well and good, um, until they... This is the point they find the buried car. And they're like, oh, we gotta ride real fast. Uh, uh, is it? Yeah. Because then they're like, shit, these things are, must be really big. Oh, man, we just saw this. How do we not... I don't know, but they're riding real technology. fast, and then one of the horses falls over. Yeah, it gets, gets, gets got. Um, yes. And they all get well. The horses get like spooked, and then one falls over, and yeah, it's because it's being eaten by oh, worms. It's covered in so many, so many of those graboid worms. Um, I, I was, I wrote down when we were watching that scene that like when they were inventing the graboids, they must have been like, you know, xenomorph mouths, yeah, but like three of them and did, way longer. Did tremors come out after Alien? Yes. Yes. Did it? Yeah, it, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Um, so yeah, they're they're freaking out because the horse has just been grabbed, and so they start running um, along the fence line, and the fence posts are falling over one at a time as they're running to show where the where the, gra- where the graboids are chasing them, and they end up coming across the like ditch. The it's a it's a flash flood canal. So flash flood water canal. Yeah, yeah. In. And they try to jump over it, but they miss, and then they're like, "Oh shit, it's gonna get us!" But then the graboid just fucking beefs it into the side of this concrete wall and kills itself yeah it it, conveniently it moves so fast into that concrete wall kills itself which is a terrifying speed to move at when you're underground especially when you have like an armored face but anyways this thing manages to bash its own head in and then and then brenda shows up Rhonda. Rhonda. I keep on I kept on writing down Brenda too. I don't know. <laughs> she looks like a Brenda. I don't know. She's a Rhonda. I, they're so similar. I don't you gotta know. just sing the Beach Boys song. Help me Rhonda, help me get her out of my heart. I definitely was not singing that song when I, I was singing a lot of home on the range in my head though. Well, I mean that was very thematic. Anyways, uh Rhonda is like, This is the zoological find of the century. And they're like Yes, but haha, we killed it. It's fine. And then she's like, "Wait, there's at least three more." She's like, "According to my graphs, there's there's a whole bunch more." Yep. And so they're like, "Hmm, we better go." And then sure enough, the other worms show up. Yeah. And chase them onto some rocks. And they're they're stuck on them rocks because they can't get off. And this is because I, I I mentioned in part one that this is the point where S S Wilson like because he came up with the idea for Tremors sitting on a rock. 
And he was like, what if there was something keeping me from getting down from here? So I liked how often they ended up on rocks in the movie. Because to be fair, it's a well-established... Tri- like, in Dune, you avoid the giant worms by sitting on rocks. Yeah, 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 totally. But, like, I'm not saying that he invented the concept of, of worms not being able to go through rocks. But I just thought that was neat. Anyway, uh, and so they're stuck on this rock, and they're just like, oh, no. And they're actually stuck overnight before they come up with a plan. Well, before Rhonda comes up with a plan. Yeah, they're all arguing. Um, Valentine and Earl are arguing, and she's just like... Get a pole vault! Look at these conveniently sized poles that are perfect right here. <laughs> you guys, look, there's three of them exactly. Look at it, there's three of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> she, she pole vaults to the next rock, and then I wrote, you can see the exact moment Val realizes he's in love. Yeah. As he just she... looks at Rhonda, as she's like grinning at them from the other rock, and it's like... You know that old expression where it's like he looked at her like she was the sun? Yeah. That's Val's expression. Wait, and that seems really weird to me because it's like treated almost like a family fun adventure kind of theme. Like there's some like acoustic guitar, like happy upbeat. It reminded me of The Breakfast Club because they're all pole vaulting yeah. in sync. Yeah. <laughs> it was sort of like the, when, they're, when they're all high, they're, like doing the dancing. The dancing. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. It was the same sort of synchronicity. And it's, yeah, it's like, and like funny hijinks ensue and when I think Earl tries to do the vault but ends up falling That's the first time. backwards. Yeah. I don't know. It was, a, it was weird. It was fun, but it... And then it gets very serious because they end up in the truck and she's like hanging through a window and like, like start the, the graboids yeah. are coming and Val just straight up tries to punch one of them in the face. I, well, he does, I think. Like I heard like a bunk as he, oh, he punches does, it. But I just like that that was his response, which is like punch it. Yeah, punch one it of the one of the worm tongues. And it's funny because I, I was looking at it and I was like, maybe that was an actual Kevin Bacon reaction because he was having sleepwalking nightmares. So maybe he wasn't expecting this, like, puppet to come up. So he just freaked out and punched it. And maybe some poor puppeteer had a pretty sore hand from Kevin Bacon punching him. Uh, yeah. So um, they take it. They drive away. And they come back to the uh, to Chang's uh, general store after escaping from the Graboid. And they're all talking about how, you know, it, it's not... It's not one, it's not like a tiny like worms. They're giant worms with three of these tiny worm tongues. Uh, and they, that's this one they name it. They try to, uh, it's like uh, Chang tries to name it with, um, is it Melvin and him are trying to name it? No, Hector. He- Hector. Which one was he? The Latino guy. No, that's Miguel. I thought that was Hector. No, Miguel. It's Miguel. Okay. Um, yeah, Walter Chang and. I thought Miguel was more serious than that. Anyway. Yeah, they're uh, trying to name it. All right, well, they're trying to name it, and they're like, what about snakeoids? And then they're like, well, they try and grab you. And it's like, that's it, graboids. And a franchise was born. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Melvin is, like, screaming outside, and then they all come out, and he's like, oh, I'm fine. And this is where I wrote for the second time, Melvin's the worst, and I want him to die. Yes. Anyways, and then Melvin screams again, and they're like, oh, I'm going to go beat him up. But then Melvin is, like, sitting on a post, and he's got, like, bloody knees, yeah, and the ground is moving, and they're like, oh. Yeah, because he's, like, he's, like, walking with a basketball, and the basketball gets got, and then he screams, and we yes. find him on top of a hole. A, a pole. pole. That's the one. Um, and then Val has to go rescue him, and then Val has to go rescue Mindy, the little girl. And then Val has to go rescue Rhonda, who gets all caught up in the... Yeah, Val is just doing a lot of rescuing yeah, in and, this scene. Yeah, and we get the obligatory, like, the pants were coming off at some point of the, the like, one, like, major female character that the pants were coming off, and she has to take off her pants to survive. And I was just thinking, like, 
She gets new pants very quickly. She though. gets new pants very, very quickly, which to this movie's credit. And I think when I... When, when I first watched it when I was a kid, for some reason I remember I thought she didn't have pants for the entire movie. And like I remember going into it, I was thinking about that. I was like, doesn't she get her pants taken away at some point? And then she doesn't have pants for the rest of the film. And I'm like, why? Why doesn't someone give her some pants? What what's wrong with these well, people? Well, fortunately they do give her some pants. They do give her some pants. Um and everyone's like, Okay, we gotta be we gotta be quiet because they're 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 falling by the vibrations. And you're like, All right, all right. Uh, and then the Pepsi machine kicks on. Yeah, and Val Valentine jumps on top of it, and then is like, pull it away from the wall. And I guess me too, because I'm on top of it. Well, I'm going to add my weight. I know that he was trying to reach behind, but the entire time I was like, this would probably be easier if Kevin Bacon wasn't flailing around on top of it while they were trying to pull it away from the wall. Probably. Uh, but uh, they do unplug it, but too late, and one of the graboids comes to the floor and eats Chang. Yeah, And correct me if I'm Walter. wrong. But I understand a trope of horror movies is killing the person of color. The minorities generally, yeah. It's so this movie does does yeah, bear does, that away, out. does away with Walter, who named the things, and then he dies so quick after that. He didn't yes. even get any royalty checks. Yes, poor guy. And then my next note was: this movie was probably really cheap to film because they only had to build like three sets. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, and they were really clever with a lot of the like shots. Like they were probably like very similar to Jaws in the fact that you could probably save a lot of money by not showing the things for as, as sparsely as possible. I mean, in 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 Jaws's case, it was just because the mechanical shark was never working. That's but true. but um, I thought it made good use of the like GoPro style. Kind yeah, of camera. All the shots of the graboids underwater tunneling are really satisfying. Yeah, well, even like the view of like. As it's coming into town, the like, from the graboid perspective. Because the graboids, honestly, don't look that scary. They're, like, giant styrofoam well, they're, things. They're, yeah, they're giant, giant worms. So the so the GoPro, I think, added more attention. I know it's not a GoPro, because it was 1990. It's not but a GoPro. It, but it, it feels like a GoPro. Yeah. Um, I thought it added more attention. Anyways, mm. there's now graboids in the buildings. So and they're like, get up on the roof. So they get up on the roof. And, uh... That's all well oh, and good. Before they get up on the roof, though, Rhonda's like parkouring across the shelves. And I wrote down that Rhonda's actually really proficient in this film. She's like a really proficient person. And I I like that she's proficient. Like, well, I know. mean, a little upset that they had to get her pants off at some point. I think it would have been way funnier if it had been like Kevin Bacon or somebody to have to take off their pants. But, um, yeah, like she's she, – the entire movie is – is very like calm, level-headed, coming up with plans, keeping everybody together. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they all they all get up on the roof, and then Bert and Wendy, who at the beginning of this problem went out to go look for worms. Yeah, their li- the license plate of their truck says Uzi for you. Yes, uh, they they reach their house slash character. bunker. Yeah, and and this is my favorite scene. Oh, I guess. After this, yeah. when they're cleaning the bullets and the mysterious machine that I was trying to Google to find out what the heck she was doing with those bullets in that sand. Cleaning and, them, apparently. Yeah, Vicky managed to find it. I, I just, like, Googled, what the heck was Heather doing to those bullets in Tremors? And it just didn't it didn't yield any results yeah. for me on YouTube. On YouTube? Or on the YouTube Google. My goodness. I think you need a nap. I think I probably need a nap after this. I am too tuckered out from the days of survival on that rock. Yes. Anyways, um, 
But as we all know, the graboids are attracted to vibration, and she's just created this giant vibrating yeah. drum. Yeah, and they're, so they're talking to each other on the radio, and uh, Valentine and Earl are trying to talk to Bert and Heather in their house over the radio, being like, "Yo, there's giant giant worms all up in this business. Y'all gotta, you all gotta be careful." Yes. But they can't hear them. Yes. And then a graboid breaks through the wall, and you're like, oh no, except they have so many guns. It's the best scene in the movie. It's like, there's yeah, there's, there's there's no wasted space on that wall. It's all guns. And apparently they're all loaded, so they just hang them all up loaded, because they're just pulling them off the wall and shooting at this graboid, filling it with lead. It's like a shooting range mode in some kind of FPS, like COD, is how many guns they have. And they just... They just give this worm the business. Right. It takes every gun known to mankind, including an elephant gun, but the, the worm finally dies. The elephant gun's what does it, yeah. They, they break the glass. It's the only gun that's not loaded is the elephant gun, and they load the giant slugs in it. And if, it, if you guys have never seen an elephant gun before, I encourage you to Google it, because they're really it's kind of... It's bigger than you think it they're is. They're kind of cartoonish, in a way. Like, they, they belong on, like, Looney Tunes. But no, real thing. Used to hunt elephants, unfortunately. But graboids in this instance, which I'm much more okay with. Yes. Anyways, they do kill the worm, and then they radio back that they killed the worm. And everybody starts celebrating, which yeah. looks ridiculous, but at the same time, if a giant worm monster was killing all your friends, and then it died, you would probably also be like, Whoo! I put down in my notes that it sort of looks like a sports movie. Like, the final shot of them getting, like, the game-winning goal, and it pans to all the characters we've come to know throughout the movie, is they're all like, yeah! Like, slow motion, cheering in the stands. is exactly what it looked like to me, and it was weird. Yes. Uh, but then they point out there's two more worms, and they ask Rhonda, like, okay, what do we do now? And Rhonda is like... Why do you ask me these things? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the worms start, like, digging at the foundations of the house, because apparently they're relatively smart, which yeah. I was not expecting they for start, worms. They start learning. Start figuring them out. Yeah. Um, anyways, and they're, they're all figuring out what to do, and the community store is slowly collapsing. And yeah. finally they decide that they'll they'll turn on a little lawnmower, and then while it's going one well, way, no, the first they, they on the other way. First they tip over the trailer that Nestor's sitting on top of. Oh, right. And Nestor he f- dies. And he falls... Oh, right. That guy. Yeah, whatever. He didn't play a major role in the film. Come on, it's Nestor, man. He dies. Nest- he lives in... He's one of... He- he lives in the town. <laughs> so do thirteen whole other people. That's all I got. Is he lives in the town? And he's really shitty at the floor is lava because he gets knocked off of his trailer because the graboids do the thing that like orca whales do to try and get seals off of ice flows and tip over his trailer and they're like get up on something, Nestor, and he's like, how about this tire that's only a few inches off the ground? And they're like, no, Nestor, that's not high enough. But he just settles on it anyway and then gets grabbed. And then has a miraculously audible scream, despite the fact that he's being dragged underground while he is being dragged underground. Like, the camera shot follows where he's being dragged, and his screams are audible, which is amazing. That man had some lungs on him. And now those lungs are full of dirt and worm goo. Full of dirt and worm goo. What a what a waste, Nestor. Anyways, but then they decide they're going to send a lawnmower one way, and Val's going to run the other way. Well, they don't decide. They're going to do the rock, paper, scissors again for the third time in this movie. Um, I don't think we talked about the second time. It's not as important. The, the thing is, is that they... Whenever they have a disagreement about who's going to do what, they do rock, paper, scissors. And so in this case, um, Earl wants to go first because he's older, and I guess the entire mentality is like... Val's got his whole life ahead of him, and so it's not as bad if Earl dies, as kind of what I got the sense. Oh, I got the impression they both thought they could just run better. I mean, I chose to see it as Earl being a really self-sacrificing individual and not, like, 
full of himself. But so they do rock paper scissors to see who's going to do who's going to do the do the run. And Val loses again, like for the third and last time I think in the movie. Um, and he goes, "Oh shoot! Well, I guess that means I'm going to run." And Earl goes, "Nope, nope, nope. You you lost, which means I'm I'm going to run." And Valentine goes, "Yeah, put her there," and then just punches Earl in the stomach, leaps off of the roof, and starts beaning it towards. Yeah, the, punching the your cat. friend is rarely heroic, but I felt it was okay in so this it's, situation. It's a heroic moment, yeah, punching your fr- friend in the stomach. Yeah, and. Uh, and he is going, and then, like, the worm is coming, so he's got to, like, stop and stay perfectly still so he doesn't have any vibrations. Mm-hmm. We get one of those cool shots again of the graboids under the water, just the dirt being pushed aside and the rocks. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention that uh, I actually really appreciated about this movie is that scene when they're talking about what the graboid is. I found that Tremors struck a, a really good balance between over-explaining and explaining just enough so that we're not like, but how does this big, fat mammoth worm moves so quick underground. Like, they do a pretty good job explaining the capabilities of the creatures. So, I was never during the movie like, oh, they can do that? What? Or also, underwhelmed. Like, I had a good gauge for how powerful and what they were capable of. Mm -hmm. And they were able to establish that in only a few minutes, which was nice. Um, So yeah, they're running so it, it goes after the tractor, the small one that they activate to distract it and then the tractor falls over and shuts off and then the graboid takes off after Valentine. Yes, and then he freezes and then they're all trying to back in town trying to get the graboid to come back and then Rhonda is very smart and breaks the pipe on the water terrace while the water spills out. Yeah, and I <laughs> I got the I got so thirsty when Rhonda broke open that water tower and all that water started pouring out. And then when the graboid comes over and starts trying to grab at the water and there's all the little tentacles, like, moving around in the water, I was really jelly of those tentacles being able to splash around in that water. Do you want to be a giant dirt No, I want to splash around in the water. And you know what? The the worm, the worm, the dirt worms are kind of cute. During that scene, they're a little cute when they're splashing around in the water. They have a very different definition they're of like, cute. They're like Muppets with leprosy and a meth addiction. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, it's the most adorable thing I can imagine. I thought they were kind of cute in the scene splashing around in the water. I was like, yeah, you guys have fun playing Anyways, <laughs> uh, Valentine gets the cat, which is a big tractor, and hooks up the uh, trailery thing. The cat, yeah, it's like a, it looks like a feeding trough to me, but I guess it's a trailer. Yeah. Uh, so it's this big metal thing, and yeah. they hook it up to the back of the, the cat. And uh, drives it collects up. everyone. Yep, everybody hops on board, and then they go to Bert and Heather's house to pick them up. Yes, and they're making some bombs. Making some bombs, which, when asked what's in them, Bert just says a few household chemicals in the proper proportions. Yes, and then as which they're is- driving away from the house, uh, Bert is lamenting that apparently you can prep for the apocalypse, but you just can't prep for giant. Worms. Yeah, he's going through all the stuff they have in the house, and then he's just like, "Goddamn giant worms." The one thing that we didn't plan for. Yes, but then the worms somehow know where they're going and dig a trap, and the cat falls into the trap. Yeah, after after they um, yeah after they get them, they make their way quite a ways away from the town. Like it's not even visible in any direction by the time they get dug out because they're going to the mountains at this point. They've decided that they're going to go to the mountains because the mountains are solid stone. The worms won't be able to get them on the mountains. No. But yeah, the worms are smart, smart boys, and uh, they dig a trench. And the cat goes right into the trench, and they, they're like, shit. Yes, so they use one of the bombs to scare the worms away and make a run for the rocks. Yeah, Rhonda, Rhonda has the plan to run. And in, like, one of the most awkward attempts at staring, or swearing I think I've ever heard in my entire life says, 
Then we run like goddamn bastards, which I'm going to start using all the time. I'm all all the time. Do you tell people they have to run frequently? Run like goddamn bastards. I'm going to start probably going to be pretty startling to some people. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they throw the bomb, which scares them away, and then they book for the rocks. Yes, and they make it to the rocks, and they're like, well, now we're on some rocks. And at this point, because... The Graboids are trying to use their tongue things to try and grab them from up on top of the rocks. And I was staring at them, and they have guns. And I was like, why don't you shoot the tongues? Because although the Graboids are scary, they're... Like, the main threat are those tongues, right? Like, I guess they could come up right from underneath you and swallow you with their big, like, mouths. But that didn't really seem like how they worked. They need their tongues in order to, like, pull you in is what I kind of got the sense of. And I was like, just shoot them. Just shoot them. And then they'll be shitty and bad at getting you. But they didn't do that. Maybe they need, like, shotguns so they can blast the tongues off. I mean, I don't know, maybe. In the in the basement with Bert and Heather, they seem to be doing a pretty good job shooting up the, the tongues. Like she, one, she shoots one off with a shotgun with, like, four shots. But she does shoot it with other bullets. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything to the tongues, except for the shotgun. Tongues are bulletproof now? No, but they keep going. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That, that just occurred to me. I was like, I, that's what I'd be going for. I would just be trying to cripple them and then make them worse at getting me, and then you'd have a way more easy time running. But anyway, so they're stuck on these rocks, and uh, they briefly entertain the idea of throwing the bombs and then making a run, and then throwing the bombs making the run all the way to the mountains, but they lament that they do not have enough bombs, so they're stuck. But then they decide they should go fishing for giant worms with Mm -hmm. bombs. Yeah, after Bert says that... If it's going to come down to starvation, he's going to light one of the bombs and just go walking out there and then get eaten and blow it up when he gets eaten, which is pretty ballin'. Yes. Um, but then they okay. decide to go fishing with this bomb. And the, when they're lighting the bomb, it's almost an exact parallel of the cigarette lighting scene at the beginning, except at the beginning when they're lighting the cigarettes, uh, Earl had the lighter and Val has the cigarette, and now uh, Val has the lighter and Earl has the bomb. Hmm. But they lean in the same way. Consistency. Yeah. Anyways, um, they do successfully blow up one graboid. Uh, when they're lighting this fuse, they're because he's like, they're like, how how long do you need? And Bert's adjusting the fuse, and he says, "Where did you get this like fuse from?" And he goes, "My cannon." And he goes, "What?" And he's like, "I own a cannon." And I'm like, "So I guess Bert just owns a a cannon, like from a a fort or a pirate ship that shoots like cannonballs." And, like, I get that he's a survivalist, but, like, that's crazy. Listen, sometimes who, you just need your personal cannon. Who? I Art. Owns a cannon. Art. That's in. Why don't they just use that? Uh, I, anyway, it boggled my mind that there's somebody out in the desert who just owns, a like, a medieval kind of, like, cannon. It's yes. insane. But then they kill a worm. Yeah, it's by great. fishing for it and blow it up. And they're like, let's do that again. And that works great until the Graboid spits the bomb back up and it lands on yeah. all their other bombs. And this is the worm that at the start of the film, uh, they and that tries to grab Val and Earl's truck and they rip off one of its tongues. So it's missing one of its tongues. And it's clearly established throughout the movie to be the smartest one. And they're always like, ooh, it's, it's stumpy again. That crafty stumpy. So he's the one that sp- spits the bomb back out. And it just so happens to land... In the bag with all the other bombs. Right, and everybody scatters, and somehow everybody manages to just hide on the other side of the rock, except for Val, Earl, and Rhonda, who end up, like, a hundred yards away. Yeah, the main characters, it's really very jarring, actually, because it, like, 
it cuts to all the people like hiding on the other side of the rock, very close together, pretty close to where the bombs blew up. And then it cuts away, and yeah, they're like way out of like focus of the camera, like far into the desert are the other three main characters who just kind of like, I guess Forrest Gump ran kind of in that scene where they ran the corner and Forrest is like all the way down the, the street when he was just like really, really close the moment before. That's kind of what it reminds me of because they're just suddenly like way far away. Yes. Uh, and then they're like, what do we do? What do we do? Um, and they're all standing still because the worm has come back. And the people on the rock try to make some noise, try and uh, bring it over. And they're just about to like run because they think the coast is clear. But then Valentine's like, wait, no, this is Stumpy we're talking about. He's a, he's a crafty worm. I never thought I would hear the words crafty and worm in the same sentence. I have. Here we are. Um, anyways, and foul decides that they have to they have to run like hell towards this cliff, and so they do. He doesn't tell them that though. He just runs off and is like, "I got a plan," and everybody's like, "Okay," and follows him. Yes, and then and they're getting to this cliff, and it's really dramatic. And Earl and Rhonda are like, throw the bomb, throw the bomb. But he's like, wait, wait, wait. And then he throws it behind the worm. And they're like, you missed. And he's like, no, I didn't, because the worm is scared. And it's a very Mulan moment. You missed. How could you miss? He was standing three feet in front of you. Right. But Val has a plan. <laughs> uh, and then it cuts to the side of the cliff. And we see the worm just barrel out yeah, through the side of the cliff. Kevin and Bacon worm doom. dodges it. He, like, jumps out of the way just as it comes for him, because it's running yes. from the explosion. And it flies off the cliff. And again... Val goes, can you fly, you sucker? Can you fly? And I was sitting there like, not yet, they can't. Um, I don't know. I thought it was the most anticlimactic way to kill a worm. Just, like, have it fall to its doom. It doesn't even fall. It just comes out the side of a cliff and then it's like... It's like a Looney Tunes moment. It's like Looney Tunes when Wile E. Coyote runs off the side of the cliff and then stands there for a couple seconds and then falls. Except Wile E. Coyote doesn't, like, fucking explode into a plume of organs and like what looks honestly like pumpkin innards just everywhere that would be a very different cartoon i don't know i still found it anti-climactic. that would be that would be happy tree friends i if found that it happened. anticlimactic i i kind of liked it uh so anyways that is the plot of tremors well not quite actually so then it cuts to i don't know sometime Town. sometime later maybe that day probably not uh and earl and valentine are, are definitely leaving now they've had enough of this and they go to say good, goodbye to, to Rhonda, comes up, and, and he takes down all the, like, photos of women that he's got in his car and hides them. Yes, and then they have the most awkward conversation ever in which they're both trying to hit on each other, but they're both too dense. Yeah, and, and Earl's sitting there like, come on, you guys. And it's funny, this entire movie, nobody wants Valentine and Rhonda to hook up more than Earl. Like... Earl reminded me of, like, some, like, anime guy or girl watching, like, an anime and, like, shipping two people. Like, he, he's pining for that romance so bad. Yes, and he, he does get it because at the very last moment, Kevin Bacon runs after Bronda and they have a, a passionate kiss. And it was weird because I felt happier for Earl in that moment. I was like, yeah, buddy, you got it. And, and then the credits roll. And then the credits roll. And that's actually a different ending than the one they had originally planned. Originally... They were just going to drive away, which is a pretty bad ending. So I'm I'm glad that after audience testing, they were like, yeah, we'll actually give you some... Some closure. So I'll be at some pretty cliche closure. You'll get closure. Yes. Uh, so that's Tremors. There's so, a breakdown. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much uh, did you enjoy it? Um, well, you know, scale of 1 to 10, how much did I enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot more as a kid. For sure. It was way more fun. But that being said, as an adult, it is a fun creature feature. Um, 
even in the scenes that were silly, even in the ones that didn't work, it's still about giant worms and people and the small town of people trying to like band against it. And there's no bad acting. Uh, there, there's some kind of weird scenes that don't work too well, but I don't know. I don't think that's anybody's fault. I think it's still a lot of fun. So I think on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to give Tremors a, a seven, but like a really solid seven. Like I, that's going to be a movie that I'm going to watch a couple times. I think more in my life, and I'm probably Sorry. never going to be disappointed. How about you? Uh, I think I'd give it an eight. Because I did actually have lots of fun, except for the worm flinging itself off a cliff. <laughs> Fred's head. I didn't like Fred's head. Um, but I enjoyed it, on the whole. So, scale of 1 to 10, how well made do you think it was? So, how well I made... How well made? It. I mean, I think it did a really good job with it, the budget it clearly had. Like, they, they came up with a lot of really clever ways to show where the worm was without needing to show the worm. GoPro! Uh, it's not a GoPro, though. It's a GoPro. But, like, with the, but like with the fence posts kind of, like, falling over one at a time and the the dust trails, which are a little bit more lazy than everything else. But, like, I don't know. It was it was good. So I think how well made it was, I think I'd give it an 8. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good. It, it's a good creature feature. I think I'd also yeah. give it an 8. I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah. So, scale of 1 to 10, how scary do you find Tremors? I do not find Tremors scary at all. I, I, it scared me a lot when I was a kid, though. I remember I remember having some nightmares because I was sleeping in the basement at that time. And <laughs> I, I, I was so scared because I was like, I don't have a wall of loaded guns. I just have this Nerf gun. What can I do? Me, me an 8-year-old child. Um, and I said it exactly like that in this exact voice. But, yeah, I, it's not scary. One. It's it's a one. It's not scary. It's, it's I, fun. It's not scary. I'm going to give it a 1.5, because Fred's head did genuinely scare me. Are we doing point? Me. Are we doing point five? Fine, I give it a two. Okay. Because <laughs> Fred's head did genuinely spook me. Good job, Fred's head. You were the scariest part of this movie. Well uh, done, old, old Fred and your sheep. Yes. Well done. Uh, all right, so that kind of concludes episode three of Scaredy Cats with Tremors. Uh, next up, we're going to be watching Friday the 13th, part one. Uh, and funny enough, we're actually recording this uh, today on Friday the 13th during the spooky full moon. Um, yes, so. You're not going to hear it for like another month, but... No, you're not going to hear it for a bit, so we didn't really time that one very well. <laughs> but uh, In that's, the future. That's what we're watching next. So uh, everybody grab their mama sweaters and join us for that next episode. Uh, until then, I'm Thomas J. Sopvet. And I'm Vicky Sopvet. Good night and be cool to each other. Oh, 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 oh,